Once was a land of woe and strife Where the people were bereft of hope They prayed to their gods of might and light To deliver the heroes of old Instead they got Heroes, did you hear the quotes in my voice of moral ambiguity? They may help or may not help you at all, depends on what's in it for them. They kick and they punch and they maul and they smash. They lie and they scheme and they burn and they slash. Succeed or fail, it has to the tell. Dungeons and debacles starts now. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. I'm your host and Dungeon Master, Kevin. Going around the table, Blake. I'm Blake, and I'll be playing the Dragonborn Eldritch Knight slash uh, wizard, Julia. And John. I'm Alunadas, Elven Monk, with a horse and a cart. Kind of evil. And Blake. And Hannah. I'm Hannah, and I'll be playing Talia the Human Rogue. And Nathan. Hi, I'll be playing as Bokul, the half barbarian. And Shane. Uh, that's me playing Alexander, the previously deceased human bard. I think you're getting a little too uh, ahead of yourself yeah, this here. Is previous bullshit. You're right. Uh, mm. Currently deceased. Extremely deceased. Gotta gotta have a good outlook. All right. So previously on Dungeons and Debacles podcast, uh, you guys fought your way through the Silverlight Mansion in order to find a diamond of enough worth for Char, the priestess of uh, Tiamat, to complete a ritual to bring your companion Alexander back from the dead. You were able to fight your way through various ghosts and uh, baddies inside the mansion. Um, You were able to defeat uh, Lady Silverlight um, who the stories say slaughtered her entire family and the maid and her children inside this mansion. Surprisingly, when you went through, you found a secret door and inside you fought the Lord of the Manor who turned out to be one of the Vanguard. Uh, you found various notes that he had kept at a cursory glance um, going through the books and ledgers. Um, you were able to find some information on the structure of the Vanguard and some places uh, they may be headquartered. Um, You also found uh, various items in a chest that were hidden in his secret study. Um, You left the mansion, and that is where you find yourselves now. So what are you doing? I say we abandon Alexander, take the money, and buy a house and boot. Woohoo! Take the money and run! How about we go? Go to the temple? find Alexander and raise him and then we use the rest of the gems, the diamonds that we have left, to make us not old. Speak for yourself, I'm not old. Yeah, currently I think uh, you're only like 28 and uh, who else felt their check on that? That was me. Uh, Okay. And possibly Nifron? No, Nifron wasn't uh, in the room. Yeah, I think it was just me and Julia. I suppose if it's that much of a burden to be in your late 20s, you could, yeah. Sorry, not all of us live hundreds of years. 
By the no, way, my, my character is 24 game. now. Did, did you just say that? Did you just say lesser? Yep. I will fight you right now. Deep breath, guys. Deep breath. Let's just get back and raise Alexander and worry about the rest later. I have a kid with knives. <laughs> <laughs> I would not get involved between in a fight between the two of you. Sorry. It's, I love it's a you lover both. squabble. Iolus exactly. Is, Iolus is hearing that and he says, yeah, sh- she does have knives. <laughs> Talia's just going to look at Iolus and roll her eyes. She's 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 deciding that him being afraid of her while hilarious is starting to get old because he's kind of a wuss. Kind of. So you roll your eyes and uh, Iolus is just going to harump like he's kind of a little bit proud of himself that uh, he's gaining some courage. He's not afraid of you so much anymore. Yeah, I think he should stay. She's going to put a, a hand on the hilt of her dagger and just kind of look at him, like, turn her attention completely on him. Uh, he's gonna stick his hands in the pockets of his robe and, um, like, uh, look away from you. Well, it might be getting old. She's gotta keep him in his place. (laughs) So, can we all agree that we can just go back and get Alexander back because he's been dead a while now, guys? Yeah, Yeah, we should definitely bring him back. We should do that. And we can go ahead and turn Juliet back into a whatever she was teenager uh, a young woman excuse me Nifron's gonna speak Nifron's gonna speak up and says are we gonna chew the fat all day the sun is coming up and I'd rather not be on the street walking away from this mansion okay okay be a killjoy let's go we uh, walk to the temple all right, so um, the sun is just now starting to come up over the horizon, and uh, you can already see some stirring on the streets. And you're going to walk down this uh, street, and you walk past two houses down uh, east of the mansion, and you're going to see a dwarven man staring at you as you walk up the street, and he's going to say, What you doing up there? Up by the Silverlight Mansion. The place is cursed, you know. Uh, we heard the stories and just wanted to to see if it really was haunted. We're priests of Arathus. We have cleansed it of its curse. Really? That too. You must be yes, powerful. should be safe now. You must be powerful priests to exercise that place. What are your names? Uh, I I am the current priest here of Arathus. Uh, my name is Brina Fairghost. Fairghost, do you say? Are you any friend of that crazed paladin? Crazed paladin? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. I came into town a few weeks ago, spouting something about the Red Talons. Had the whole town in a tizzy. Oh, well, I'm sure he's long gone by now, gone off to whatever crazy crusade he is. Paladins are like that, you know, a little too zealous, a little too excitable. Excitable, yes. You're not thinking about stirring up any trouble in the town, are you? No, no, we're merely passing through. Ah, it's good you cleansed the place. I'll have to go tell the council. Oh, that's fantastic. Spreading the good word of Arathis is always in our best interests. I don't follow her myself, but I guess she's a good god. Who do you follow? The, um, Forge Father? Our court, of course. 
don't remember who that is, so, uh... Half-Orc, God of Strength? Uh, give me a religion check. I got a 16. I got a 12. Um, Alunidas, uh, you wouldn't have some sort of, of inkling on this. You would know that, um, that Kord is a god, um, that is a god of, like, battle and bravery. You've been encountering it here and there, um, most notably when you were on the Grass Isle, as the half-orcs followed Kord. Ah, yes, god of battle and bravery. Fitting. Man of valor. Yeah, I don't serve him as much as I probably should. I guess I've gone soft living in this town. But you were living right next to a haunted mansion. Not so soon. Yeah, I was never really afraid with, of it. Spirits never left the grounds as far as I had. I've never seen one. Then again, I'm not stupid enough to go in that place. Discretion is the better part of valor. And we'll take no offense to that. Um... Cool. Actually, do you follow Cord? I feel like you are someone who might at least know something about this. I feel like you and this dwarf might get along. Aye, cool does. Ruckel, from you living in this town, you've seen this dwarf around. You've never actually met him. And it's good. It's good. Uh, he's going to say, uh, "Ah, another follower of Cord in the town. I had no idea. Maybe we should get together and drink sometime." Aye. Cool would like that. Ah, you always talk about yourself in the third person? Cool is merely muscle, not much for brawn. Ah, that seems evident. Nonetheless, you don't have to have brains to follow Quad. Just a strong arm and bravery. And sometimes that's all we need in this world. Ah, that's the truth. Oh, uh, pray tell, are there any boats that head to the north from here? Aye. Uh, who would we talk to to find one of those? Uh, just the dockmaster, or is there other private merchants that go up? Oh, uh, yeah. There's a dockmaster in town. Don't get a lot of traffic coming through this way, though. Most people come from the mountains. Yeah, just go up to the docks and ask for Darren. Darren, right. Oh, what's your name, by the way, Sir Dwarf? I never got it. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm Sarish. Sarish, it's a pleasure to meet you. You as well. Uh, well, we must be off. We're, uh, currently going to say a prayer at the temple and then be on our way. Uh, the temple? There's no Arathis temple around here. Oh, no, but I do respect your beliefs and traditions in the town. Ah, it's not very godly town. You got the temple of Elmata up there, but her worshippers probably left, I don't know, decades ago. There is one priest up there, uh, white dragonborn, but don't know why she sticks around. There's no followers here. I'm sure she's a very nice and respectable dragonborn. I only have seen her a couple of times, never met the woman. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you, but uh, I think we ought to be on our way. Aye, the day's young. Plenty to do. God be with you. And also with you. And then you uh, stand up and kneel down and stand up for the next uh, ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it is meet and right so to do. All right, so he's going to give you a, uh, a nod. He's going to go back in his house. We will continue on our way to the temple then. All right, so um, you go north and um, 
the um, there's more people out on the streets now, um, but you're able to make it back to the Temple of Amater, and uh, it's much the same as it was before. Uh, there's no one in the sanctuary um, except for an elf in a black robe sitting on the floor by the doorway, by the stairs, and his eyes are closed. And as you enter the room, he opens his eyes and looks to you and smiles and stands up and gives a, a small bow. And uh, he's going to say, uh, Brother Lunadas, you have returned. I pray to ruin access for your safe return throughout the night. I see my prayers were answered. Are you well? Were you successful? Yes and yes. We killed a few snooty ghosts, one of whom turned out to be a survivor of the vanguards. Well, semi-survivor. And retrieved diamond, as well as some documents about the vanguard. The vanguard, you say? That's quite to find. Hopefully, we'll be able to use it to our advantage, and hopefully kill the shit out of all those snooty bastards. Yes, I mean, that's a great find, and that information could be an instrumental in bringing down the vanguard. I know you must be tired in your business urgent with the priestess, but I would speak with you when you are done and have some time. Of course, brother. And uh, he's going to give you a nod. He's going to pat you on the shoulder as he walks by and goes out of the chapel and into the street. Perfect. We head downstairs. Okay. So um, you make your way through the chapel and you go through that same doorway and downstairs and uh, this time when you enter this room in the basement of this chapel um, you're only going to see Char there, uh, the white dragonborn priestess of Tiamat. Uh, She's sitting in a chair with a cup that she's sipping out of and she looks up as you make it down the steps she sits the cup down and stands uh, smoothing her dark red robes and she's going to say I see you've returned and some of you look older somehow did you get what you sought we did sister but we hope that you're still able to help us yes I've prepared the ritual I feel Tiamat with me this day. Undoubtedly, she knows the importance of bringing her servant Ruinaxis back to this plane. Does this man serve this cause as well? He does. I've known him since we began our journey. Since we pledged our allegiance. Very well. Do you have the diamond? We do. And we also have some personal requests, given our age from some magical curse. We were hoping that some of these magical reagents you might be able to use to make us young again. This curse is just... Well... She's I don't want about anyone. it. Juliet glares at Lunados. He so, grins back at her. <laughs> How did you come by this curse? It was the result of some sort of screaming ghost ghostly woman she was quite terrifying and gave this awful scream that simply was timeless if you will and uh, we felt our bodies become more frail uh, I guess in my case it wasn't so bad but I don't know about Rakul his people are uh, a little they have less of a lifespan than the rest of us does <laughs> turns that into a cough so Char's going to say, I have heard of this. I believe it's called Horrifying Visage. But 
I think I can help you out. And she's going to walk over to you. She's going to raise her hands and put them on your face. She, like, turns your head from side to side looking at you. And she says, Yes, I do believe I can help you. But first things first, what you came here for? Of course, sister. And uh, Juliet pulls out the diamond necessary. So um, you pull out this uh, diamond, and it's about the size, a little bit larger than a quarter. It sparkles in the uh, the torchlight that's down here. And she's going to reach out and take it, and she's going to bounce it up and down of her, in her hand to fill the weight. And she says, yes, this will do, but I need another diamond to complete the restoration spell to remove the dagger's grip on his soul. Oh, um, of do course. Do we have another diamond? We do. Well, then. I remember there being two diamonds. We have two large diamonds and one regular sized diamond. I'm not sure which one will do, but... Uh, you've got one uh, large diamond, and then uh, you found, I believe, three lesser diamonds. And I believe oh, you found three some, of them? Yeah, and I believe you've had some diamonds from some other hordes that you found, particularly the uh, Blue Dragon Horde. We uh, might have sold that, but Juliet did buy another one. So, yeah, you do have a, uh, another diamond that will work for this ritual. Perfect. So we give her the large diamond, I suppose. And she's going to say, I'll need the other diamond. I have to release his soul fast. Oh, uh, okay. So you give her one of the smaller diamonds? Uh, yes. She's going to take it and hold it between her fingers and hold it up to the torchlight and says, yes, this one will do. And then she's going to walk over to the table um, where Juliet had laid Alexander out. And you see that he's been dressed in a blood red robe, and there is a copper piece on each one of his eyes. Uh, he's pale and obviously still lifeless. His armor and gear are in a pile to the right side of the table, all except for the dagger, which is now lying on his chest. So she's going to take the, uh, the diamonds that you gave her, Juliet, and put them uh, down on the table. And she's going to say, first to lose the grip on his soul by that demon. And she's going to take the uh, smaller diamond and you're a little surprised as she takes it and puts it in a piece of cloth and puts it on the ground and she's going to pick up a blacksmith's hammer that's beside the table and she smashes it about a half dozen times. And then she's going to pick up the cloth and spills the diamond dust into her hand and then she grasps her holy symbol and begins this chant. The holy symbol glows a deep red again, and she sprinkles the diamond dust over the dagger. And she chants for a few minutes more, and you can see the dagger begin to glow purple, and her face becomes a grimace with the effort. The chanting gets louder, and she appears to be getting angry. Her voice is now a growl as she chants, and then the purple light becomes red and fades. She stops chanting and takes a deep breath and sighs, visibly taxed by the effort. She's going to turn to you and say, The first step is complete. His soul is freed from the dagger. For now, I must rest a moment. 
and then she's going to walk over to a chair that she was sitting in and slumps down. And she's going to take the cup and takes a long swallow and closes her eyes for a few moments. And with her eyes still closed, she's going to say, That is a powerful demon in there. It fought me with a terrible will. It will not let go of your friend. I also felt, heard, something else. Someone else in that dagger as well. Weeping, groveling, a tiny voice, pained and tortured. Jarek, no doubt if the tales are true. And then she's going to finish her cup, and after a few moments, she's going to rise from the chair, and she crosses the room back to the table, and she's going to say, I must warn you, the man I bring back might not be the man you remember. I will be surprised if he hasn't gone mad from his time in the dagger. I'm sure he was tortured there, and there's still the matter of the curse. He is still bound to this thing and the dagger. I can't help him with that. I've prayed much on this, and Tiamat is silent, breaking the curses beyond my power. He will also need a week, at the very least, to recover and gather his strength. If I'm able to bring him back, dying is taxing on the body and soul. Shall I proceed? Please do, sister. Yeah, why not? Last chance, Shane. So, Char is going to lean over Alexander's body again and grasp her holy symbol of Tiamat with her left hand and then puts her right hand on Alexander's forehead and she moves her hands down and picks up the copper pieces from each eye and then throws them over her shoulder. She begins a low growling chant in words uh, you can't understand. Um, Does anybody here know Draconic? I do. Alright. You would recognize what she's saying. Uh, She's saying, Great goddess Tiamat, hear this plea from your humble servant. Lend me your power to reunite this mortal soul with his body. He may not be of our blood, but is what to help serve you. Your will, it's not done. I ask this favor and humbly give this offering. And then she's going to pick up the diamond by Alexander's head, and she hovers it above his chest for a few moments before she appears to crush the diamond in her hand and it disappears into a flashing red light. The glow from her holy symbol fades and her eyes open and she steps back from the table and she's going to stare at Alexander for a long moment and nothing seems to happen. And then a minute goes by and then two and then three. Alexander. You find yourself in almost darkness. On the horizon, you see a faint purple glow, almost like the last light from sunset, but dimmer. You wait for the sun to set or rise, but it never comes. You don't know what time it is or how long you've been here. It could be hours, it could be weeks. Time doesn't seem to have any meaning here. The only thing you can gauge any sort of time is your thirst and your hunger. Your throat and mouth are dry. Your stomach feels like it's eating itself. It's always on that fine line of being ravenous 
in the moment before your gut gives up and no longer feels hunger because it knows the food isn't coming and it's cold. Not enough to freeze you and in your suffering, but it's this deep, uncomfortable chill. The landscape here is featureless. There's no hills or mountains and all seems flat in every direction. There's no stars above you, just a deep, eternal darkness. You're going to hear a faint weeping in the distance. You've heard it on and off for maybe weeks, months, you don't know. You've tried to find where it's coming from, only for it to stop as it gets louder, and then you begin to hear in another direction and much farther away the weeping, like it's moved. You've walked toward it because there's nothing else to do here, and you're lonely, so awfully and completely alone. You don't have your instruments, so you've tried singing to yourself as there's no one to perform for, but the sound of your voice dies quickly in this void. You begin talking to yourself, recounting tells you've learned over the years, but as you speak them, you soon forget what the tell was, like the words and memory of the tell are being stolen from you as you speak them. It's the same for the songs. You lose the words and the melody. After a while, you just stop. Trying to preserve the tells you know in your mind, you begin walking and talking to yourself. But after a while, that doesn't help anymore. You, for the first time in your life, are silent. You wonder if you're becoming mad, but you think to yourself, if I'm wondering if I'm mad, that means I'm not mad yet. Soon you begin to walk towards the weeping again, and you seem to be gaining this time. It's getting closer, and finally you can see a small shadow in the distance. You don't know how far away it is, but it stands out like a mountain against this featureless plain. After what seems like days, you finally come upon a small halfling, kneeling on the ground with his head in his hands crying. He's wearing rags of what looks to have been once fine silk garments, and a colorful patchwork cloak. He looks emaciated, like he's cried out whatever moisture there was in his body, and he doesn't appear to notice you over the sounds of his weeping. Kill him. Kill him and take his stuff. I will walk up to him. Uh, yeah. I'll try and, like, get his attention by, like, tapping on his shoulder. Um, so you tap on his shoulder, and he recoils away from you, and runs a few steps and then crouches down and says who are you get away from me who are you what are you doing here you know who i am why are you trying to trick me again it won't work what do you mean you you know what i mean you're get away from me demon i am i'm not a demon i'm not gonna play your games anymore what games my name's Alexander. I'm I'm just a random bard. <laughs> Another bard? <laughs> oh, what new trickery in hell is this? Wait a minute. What's your name? You know I'm Jarek. What are you doing here, Jarek? <laughs> you trapped my soul. You made me murder all those people. My friends, my family. Just so we're clear, Jake, I'm not the demon. 
<laughs> That's exactly what you would say. <laughs> Get away from me. Is there anything, anywhere to go to besides him? He is the only thing that you have seen in this plane since you have been here. Uh, I would like to try and roll a persuasion check to persuade him that I am not a demon. Go ahead and make your persuasion roll and then tell me what you're going to say to him. I'm no demon. I'm Alexander the Bard. I am the one that fell to the demon after you. Fell to the demon after... How? Uh, I found the dagger on uh, your corpse in an old tomb that we were rummaging through. I didn't realize it was the dagger uh, containing the demon that haunted you. Then you're cursed, just like me. We're we're doomed. <laughs> I th- I don't think we're doomed. I've got some friends on the outside of wherever we are right now that should be able to help us out. Hopefully, <laughs> doubtful. Friends, <laughs> you didn't kill them or drive them away. No, they're they're not the they're not the best folks, but. They don't really care one way or the other. You, you will. You'll, you'll, they'll watch him die by your hands. The demon will make you do it. There's nothing you can do about it. Oh, they'll probably kill me first. (laughs) That would be a mercy. The best you could do is just, just run, run away. Go, go find a cave to live in until you, until it takes you. It's hungry. I'm sure you know that. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've learned that part. It'll eat everything you are. What you love, the ones you love, nobody's safe. The best thing you could do is just take a rock and throw yourself into the ocean with the dagger. That way it can't hurt anyone else. It probably would find a way. You're probably right. So, how long have you been here? I, I don't know. Time time doesn't have any meaning here. It's just... It's dark, and it's cold, and it goes on forever. And the only thing that breaks up the silence is when he wants to play. The demon? Yes. How often does he come? Like I said, I don't know. Time doesn't have any meaning here. Has he come to you? Not yet. He will. It's only a matter of time. Until he gets bored with however he's torturing you now. He, he knows your fears. Yeah, I'm sure we'll figure something out. And then uh, around that time, you're going to feel, for the first time, a break in the monotony of this plane, you're going to feel wind, and it's a freezing wind, and then you look at Jarek, and you see him, his his face just contorting this grimace of horror, and he's going to say, he's, he's coming, and then you're going to hear the halfling scream, and then disappear 
and then a few seconds later, over the wind, you're going to hear his weeping again. But this time it's much further away than when you started your journey. And then you're going to hear a thunderous voice that seems to vibrate your teeth and your soul. Your hands instinctually come up and cover your ears, but the voice is still there. It's loud and all-encompassing. You look around and see nothing, and the voice seems to have no origin. And it's going to say, I see you found my other plaything. He's not much fun anymore, and a terrible conversationalist. At least he is now. Poor, poor Jarek. The things I made him do in life, the things I've shown him in death, his misdeeds, his hubris, his failures, his shame, his murders, over and over again. I'm so glad you've joined us. One big happy family now, and for eternity. Have you been enjoying yourself? Uh, I could do better. It's kind of dark out here. Ha ha ha. Such bravado and humor. In time, I'll break you of that. I think we'll have to see who breaks first. <laughs> I will enjoy finding that out, Bod. So far, it's been too much fun isolating you. No one to talk to. No one to sing to. It's been quite delicious for me to watch. Stealing your words and your songs from your mind. I offered you power. And you ignored me. You starved me. Now I will starve you. In body and in spirit. I will relish watching you slowly starve and go mad, but not too mad. There has to be something left of your sanity for me to torment, but I will break you, make no mistake. You will grovel to me. On your knees, Mom, and worship the great demon Ornan. Your name's Ornan? Yes, a name you will grow to fear. I shrug my shoulders. And then you are going to feel in your gut like this gnawing hunger. Like your stomach is like there's a bear trap inside of it. And it starts to uh, eat through you. And then you're going to feel like these rats climbing up your esophagus. And the pain is excruciating. And Ornan's going to say, That's just but a taste. Maybe I'll let you suffer like this for Maybe a thousand years, and then we'll move on to the next delicious torture. Can we play, like, board games or something? You've got two bards in here. <laughs> Such humor. I will rob you of that, too. And then suddenly, there's going to be this great bright red beam of light that comes crashing through the darkness from the sky above you and just bathes you in this circle. And then in this light, you can now see the area around you illuminated. And before you, just 10 feet away, you see this horrifying sight. 
kind of looks like a squid, but it's as big as a house, floating feet above the ground, with dozens of tentacles coming out in every direction. The body is covered in fanged mouths, and at the end of each one of these tentacles is a gaping toothy maw, and they dart out toward you to try to grasp your body. Ornan screams, and the loudness of it is threatening to shake your body apart. And he says, No, you cannot have him. He is mine. And then the demon lunges towards you, and time seems to slow down as the tentacles get closer and closer until the maw of one of the tentacles is just inches from your face, and then your vision goes red, and you're blinded by the light. In the basement of this temple, you're going to see Char's brow furrow, and she turns to say something to you, but her words are cut off as Alexander gasps and then falls into a fit of coughing. Char looks relieved and gives a nervous chuckle. <laughs> Tiamat be praised. Her will is done this day. As I said before, it will take many days for him to recover. Now that he's with us, I can offer some aid with his wounds. And then she grasps her holy symbol again and touches Alexander. And you see the burns and wounds heal before your eyes. And she's going to say, I've done all I can for him. Time is the greatest healer now. I'm exhausted and must rest. You can rest here until I can aid you in your aging problem. But there aren't any beds. I suggest you find an inn where you can make him more comfortable. Of course. Uh, thank you again, sister. And Juliet's going to walk over to Alexander and hug him real tight. Aww. Ouch! Alexander, you're back. I'm happy to be back. That seems uncalled for. Uh, do, hey, Kevin. Yes. Do I have full recollection of what happened? In like what in regard? My, my time with the demon man. Oh yeah, you're you fully remember all of that. Okay. Uh, I. So, uh, Juliet and guys. So. Yeah, that demon's got Jarek just like trapped in like another dimension, I guess has a soul uh, in his grasp. Well, that's an awful shame. I guess that'll teach him not to touch any daggers and someone else, too. Yeah. Uh, so, where is that dagger, by the way? You say as you raise up and the dagger falls off your chest and into your lap. <sighs> yeah, get rid of that thing. Uh, currently, you're off its possessed list. I'm not sure how that works, but... Oh, what? I'm severed from it? That's what Char said. Yes. Yeah. Let's uh let's get rid of this thing. You want to have like a box or something? <laughs> uh, I mean, can't you just hold on to it since it's already broken from you? And just uh, you know, I don't like being near this thing. That uh, just as a matter of principle, you know. It's almost taken my soul for forfeit once. It threatened me with like thousands of years, thousands of years of torture while I was on the other side, and I'm not trying to accidentally get caught in that again. I think you're still bound to it. We just managed to get well. The priestess just managed to get your soul away from the demon for the moment. Okay, that seems pretty tricky. So, uh, yeah, 
would you mind like bringing me somewhere where there's like an actual bed you know yeah we'll go straight to an inn I guess we have to find one of those but we have to walk around with you all injured and uh, spell disguise so. I don't know if he has the strength to do it I know I can do that to myself but oh right. hey Kevin yes uh, I would like to inspect what I'm wearing like uh, what, what am I wearing right now you look down and you are wearing these blood red robes uh, I would like to ask Juliet what happened to my possessions because uh, I know what we did to Adol and uh, I wouldn't second guess that you get no hard feelings but just want to make sure I have my stuff oh no 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 we, we put them in the cart uh, don't we worry, actually babe. like you uh, actually, so no, you didn't. Char is going to speak up and say, You are unspoiled. Your gear is beside the table. Oh, oh I thought you meant the stuff in the bag of holding. Okay, I gotcha. Uh, no, like my actual like wearing thing. Gotcha, okay. Um, I would like to try and stand up. Give me a constitution check. Seven. So, you rise up off the table and put your feet dangling over it and then you try to like lower yourself down to the ground and your feet hit the ground and as soon as you put any weight on them your legs just become jelly and you're going to fall down whoops someone who isn't 12 should try to catch him someone who has any strength whatsoever should try to catch him god damn it uh, Julia. No, either me or Juliet. <laughs> In other words, Tully and I just both said, someone just catch him, not it. <laughs> uh, Juliet would be closest if you want to try to give me a athletics check. Sure. 19. You're able to reach out as you see Alexander start to fall, and you grab him by the arms, and he slinks down, and his knees are a couple inches off the ground. Um, but you're able to save him from face planting. And Char is going to say, As I'd said, you should take a couple of days to gather your strength. Don't exert yourself. Thanks. I don't, I don't think I was here for that part. <laughs> days? <laughs> no, you no. So the um, way this works is you're going to basically, you are negative four to all your checks every day that you take long rest uh, we'll remove one of those negatives okay is that does that include uh, freaking just like mental checks uh, like every, say, check. every check okay basically anything you have to roll uh, you're gonna receive a negative four two okay uh, I glance up at the uh, I think he's what a half orc or an orc half orc uh, a cool yeah, uh, who's this guy? The cool is to hire muscle your friends hire to rescue. He's a friend of ours. A, a fellow acolyte of... Fellow acolyte of Ruin? A red talon. Red talon, got it. Uh, yeah, that's good enough for me. So I guess we should just be on our way. Um, uh, Burke. Is there... I was going to ask Barkul to carry you to the cart so that we could take you to the inn. An inn. I, I could take him from Juliet, put him in the cart. Thank you. I uh, have done quite enough of carrying today. Probably not as much as the priest lady over there, 
bringing, carrying me back from the dead, you know? Hey. Metaphor burn. Shara's gonna say, I'm exhausted. Ilos, can you see them out? And Ilos is gonna say, Yes, as educational as this been, we, we must be going now. The priestess needs her rest, and so does your friend. Of course, thank you for your assistance. And uh, she's going to say, return to me tomorrow, and then maybe we can take care of your problem. Oh, that would be a great relief. Thank you, sister. Man, what I wouldn't have give, given to age 10 years. That would have been really weird. You would have skipped the best years of your life. <laughs> or the most awkward. Also, you would have been a 23-year-old virgin, which would be really weird. No, I thought she was 12. That's not, not too unusual. I, I am 12. I so thought I you were 13. You had, oh, yeah, 12. I'm sorry. Yeah, I started out 11, and I, I just aged a year. You're like a college mathlete. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are going to take Alexander to the car and find an inn. For cool, would you happen to know where an inn would be in this town? Uh, I can't do a history check or something. No, you're from this town. You would be able to uh, direct them to any number of uh, probably five inns around here. I know about five inns we could go to in this town. Any of them have ice cream? The cool does not know what ice cream is. <sighs> That's okay. Which one is uh? Which one is like the m- the middle of the road in terms of cost and and uh? Actually, you know what? Take that back. Which one has bathtub? Uh, Brockul would know that there is about a, a middle of the road in uh, called uh, the Mountains Rest that is. Right here, uh, where I'm pinging on the map, about the center, that is a fairly respectable inn with bathtubs and food. There is this inn called Mountain Swiss that has what you seek, young Talia. We should go there, because I am in desperate need of a bath. That sounds like a wonderful idea. You guys make your way uh, up the stairs with... uh, Juliet and Brackul um, carrying Alexander uh, out through the chapel and out to the cart where you set him down. And then uh, Brackul is going to lead you uh, to this uh, mountain rest inn. You get to the outside of it, and it's a pretty humble inn. It's two stories, um, made of wood. Um, It hasn't had any paint or anything like that. Um, it has a thatched roof. You walk inside, and at this point in the day, it's probably about 10 a.m. There's really nobody in here except for uh, an innkeeper and a human boy who looks to be about maybe 14 years old sweeping up. Talia is going to, to see the boy and blush a little bit and not know why. Um, as you walk in, um, he looks up and stares at Talia and uh, gives you a wink. Damn. Talia's gonna, like, nudge Juliet and be like, what's happening? What? What's going on? Did he threaten you? Do I punch him? No. I can punch him. 
No, no, everything's fine. Everything's fine, Uncle Luno. Let's just uh let's let's just find a room. So the Oh boy- yeah, I forgot the dictator we gave Julia last session was Mama Julia because she's twenty eight now. <laughs> <laughs> like it's some technically an Aunt Juliet already, that's implication of older. No, because at twenty eight you'd at least be an appropriate age to be a mom to to Talia. That's true. You are right. We don't know how dragonborns mature. They could start laying eggs at age six. Six. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it's at fifteen. Yeah, it's at fifteen. We figured that out today. Uh, not that we did research for like ten minutes or anything, but you we know. totally did. <laughs> so this boy sleeping up, uh, sweeping up the floor, is going to hear Alunadas say, "Should I punch him?" And then he is just going to give you like this horrified look as he stops sweeping. And then he is going to walk off towards this back room and disappear. Talia's going to lightly uh, smack Alunados in the arm and be like, good going. Yeah. Chase that little punk away. What did he want? Alunados. He's got cock block plus five. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Juliet's going to go up to the innkeeper and, uh, uh, hello, sir. Uh, my name is Brina Fairghost. Who are you? Uh, we're here looking for an inn, but I'd like to know your name first. Ah, I'm Jared. I'm the innkeeper here. Can I help you with something? Maybe some food, room? Both would be nice. Uh, we can take care of that for you. Great. Uh, how much will it be? We plan here to stay here for a couple of days. Uh, how many you got? We have one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, so what? To- we've got rooms for each one of you right now. It's kind of not a busy season. Um, or would you like to double up? Uh, we'll take all six rooms, actually. Separate. Ah, uh, all right. Be- I'll let you have that for 15 gold each. Gold, certainly. Um, Juliet's gonna pay for everyone because it's like a party gold anyway. So, it's a party in your wallet, and everyone's in bud. <laughs> so um, you lay the gold down, and uh, he takes it and um, scrapes it into a leather purse at his side, and says, uh, "I can show you to your rooms now if you'd like." That would be excellent. Uh, one of our friends is dead tired. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> And uh, he he looks as uh, I, I guess uh, Bracul is holding uh, a Lunados or or not a Lunados um, Alexander up. Says, uh, "What happened to your friend there? He drunk?" Uh, yes, very bad hangover. Uh, Said he was the- seeing a demon, something like that. Uh, you know how it is. <laughs> been there myself. Seen many of things. Not necessarily need demons, though. Talia's gonna, like, raise her eyebrows like, you've been drunk enough to see demons? Oh. (laughs) You say that out loud? No, no, just the eyebrow raise with, like, what? Okay. So he says, well, that's none of my business. Let me show you to your rooms. And, um, he is going to reach underneath the bar and you see him fiddling around for something, and you hear some stuff clanging together, and um, he 
raises back up and has six keys and says, follow me as he walks from behind the bar and up the steps. All right. We follow him up. So you follow him upstairs and he goes uh, to each one of the rooms and sticks a key in and unlocks it and leaves the key in the door. Um, he does all six rooms and he says, uh, well, dinner served at six o'clock. Just let me know if there's anything else I can do for you. Thank you so much, Jared. We really appreciate your hospitality. That's uh, what you pay for. I'll be downstairs for most of the day. So if you need anything, just let us know. Of course. And um, th- there was a young boy down there. Is that your son? Oh, yes, it's Michael. He's got quite an eye for the ladies. Uh, I advise uh, you. And he looks at uh, Alexander. He says, you might not be up to it, but he's quite the lady killer. I'd probably keep your daughter away. Tony's going to blush. Oh, Luna Dust narrows his up. Come on, let's get uh, Dad upstairs, guys, and into a bed. Right, right. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, we will take our rest now, and we'll let you know if there's anything we need. Dinner's at six, right? Yes, six o'clock. Perfect. It's going to be good tonight. We got a boar. Killed it up uh, near the mountains. Oh, wow. Those can be pretty good, actually. Yeah, I was slow roasting it with some carrots and beets and potatoes. Should be quite the meal. I wouldn't miss it. Uh, Do you happen to partake in wine, sir? We happen to have a very good bottle here, and uh, I'd hate to just drink it alone. Well, depends on what you got. What vintage and where did it come from? Not that I would ever turn down wine. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, we're not entirely sure uh, where it came from, simply that it is of a good age, and it seems to taste good, according to uh, our friend here. She motions to Nifron. And Nifron's gonna say, yes, it's quite the vintage. It comes from the Marilesh area. And uh, Chair's gonna say, ah, yeah, good wine comes from that region. I look forward to partaking. Maybe tonight didn't dinner. Of course. And uh, Juliet's going to take the key to her room and enter and drop her stuff off with a heavy sigh. It's been a while since Juliet has uh, chosen not to carry anything. She's been wearing her armor all day and all night since all the time, plus Alexander. Lunodas is going to knock on her door really quick. Did you hear that? He said his son kills people. Ladies, he has a protectalia. Aluna Das, lady killer doesn't mean he kills ladies. It's a metaphor. Um, it means that he's got an eye for women. He likes women a lot, and he's a charmer. Uh, not a magical charmer. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love it how, like, Juliet basically has to, like, de- say a word and then define it like she's like a dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did so we got six rooms. Did Talia get her own room then? Yes. Or... <gasps> no, shit. that's a first. Uh, you are kind of rich. Older. Well, yeah, but she's always roomed with with Juliet before, but now she gets her own room with her own bathtub. What? Oh, you don't have your own bathtubs. I mean, like the the bathtub and the um, um, chamber pots are shared. 
Oh. Shared chamber pots? Really? So that one. <laughs> yeah, it's like a bathroom at the end of the hall. So I guess the question is, how much would it cost to have the innkeeper bring me my own bathroom? Uh, I don't know if you'd be able to pay for something. You might have to bring it out from outside. I think more of the concern right now is uh, Talia the rogue sneaking this 14-year-old boy up to her room. <laughs> Hush, Kevin. Don't don't ruin her plans. Uh, Lunadas is going to be checking. He still thinks the kid likes to kill people. The other kid. Talia. He's, he's, he's worried about the kid killing Talia. <laughs> Even though he really he's, shouldn't be. <laughs> he's worried about, the, about the, the kid killing Talia. He's okay with Talia killing people, but if other people try to kill Talia, then he's not happy, and he still thinks the other kid is trying to kill Talia. Even though he doesn't really get well, let's put Alexander to sleep and maybe we can figure some other stuff to do. Or cool, maybe you know what we can do in town. Or maybe we could just rest here for the day. Is there a good smithy in town? Um, Brock Cool would know that there's a couple of blacksmiths in town. And you also know from what Iolas has told you that he is an enchanter who helps out uh, local blacksmiths selling magical items. I relay this to the party. Talia's going to ask if there's one in town that could help make... Um, I've described it before, uh, where it's a, it's a device that'll hold a dagger on her forearm, and uh, when sprung, it can push it forward so that she can take a hold of the dagger. Is it like an Assassin's Creed thing? Very similar to Assassin's Creed, but it doesn't, like... It, it, it holds a dagger that you can actually hold in your hand and remove from the device instead of just being a blade that comes out and stabs people in the neck. Although that would be cool gotcha. too, but I don't think she would find it nearly as useful. Brockul would know that there is a master smith down below the creek, goes out to the coast. There's a dwarf named uh, Master Farron who is the one of the best blacksmiths in town that may be able to do something like that. Uh, Talia would like, well, okay, maybe not to, like, in terms of the time, because we're going to be here for a couple of days, maybe not today, but after she's had a chance to clean up and, and heal and, and recover from her fighting, then she's going to go visit him. Uh, Brackle, do you relay that information to her? Yes. <laughs> Alright, so at this point, I guess you're putting Alexander in a room, in a bed. We should set up uh, watch times so that we can keep an eye on him and make sure he stays okay and also stays in his room. You've heard of Elf in the Shelf, get ready for dead on a bed. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys uh, take Alexander to a room and lay his gear down beside him. You put the dagger uh, that he has in his gear. You put it in his gear, and then when you look back up, you are going to notice that it is back on his stomach as he is lying in bed. Oh, look, it curled up with him. That's uh, a bad thing, Alunadas. Oh, right, demon, not cat. Well, I guess we can't undo that right now. You know what? I will stay with him to make sure nothing happens to him. Who knows what he's going to do with that dagger that possesses him again. 
So you put Alexander in the bed and um, Alexander, give me a constitution check. You got it. Uh, two with the minus four modifier. <laughs> so um, almost as soon as your head hits the pillow of this bed, uh, you're going to fall asleep. And you are going to have um, some dreams that um, start out pretty benign at first. You're having a dream about traveling through the woods on a horse and then out on a plane and then everything goes dark and the light disappears around you and you are back in the dagger again and you're going to hear Ornan speak to you and he says you may have escaped me for now but I can wait human lives are but a blink in my eye (laughs) and you've given Jarek hope which will be so much fun to tear away from him. <laughs> I'll be waiting and hungry. <laughs> the best you can do is feed me. Feed me. Feed me. And then you're going to jerk up in bed from this nightmare. Hey. <laughs> So, Juliet, you're going to see uh, Shane jerk up from the bed, and he is drenched with sweat. That was quick. Are uh, you all right, Alexander? Uh, I've been better. Old demon man's been uh, still trying to get me. Oh, well, uh, better keep running? We'll get that thing off of you eventually. Just, uh, I will be watching over you. Don't worry. It's for your safety. Uh, is there anything I can get you? Water? Food? Uh, water if you want mine. Sure. Juliet will go find some water. Um, and pray that he does nothing stupid. Um, so you walk downstairs and Jared's still there and you ask him for water and he gives you a pitcher. Great. Juliet comes back up. And... Well, I got you some water. Uh... How much do you want? One cup? Two cups? Just give me the pitcher. I'll I'll pour it myself. Okay. Uh, Try not to spill it. Please sit it on the counter so I don't actually dump it all over myself. (laughs) Ah, right. Uh, She sets it down for you. So Alexander takes the pitcher and tries to uh, pour a glass of water and his hands are shaking so badly and he's too weak to uh, raise it up. Constitution check. Uh, let me get that for you. Juliet will pour the water for him. <laughs> you successfully pour water. Thanks. So, what did you see here with that being dead and all? Uh, not much. Kind of just like darkness, and then it kind of wasn't darkness, and then the... saw Jarek talk to him for a little bit. He's been tortured and uh, kind of driven insane. And then he was starting to get at me, saying he was gonna, he's gonna make me very hungry. And then I felt like uh, rats were inside of me. And then uh, you guys woke me up. Well, that's pretty horrifying, actually. Um, by hunger, he meant uh, blood. 
Uh, he's, he's, he said that uh, I did not give him enough sustenance, so he was going to make me hungry as payback. And so it made me very hungry and uh, did some very bad things. Not a fan, actually. Wouldn't try it again. Ah, right. Um, well, if you could resist your urges, that would help all of us a great deal. Uh, we don't need to be known any more than we already are. Easy enough. I don't think I could walk around and talk about it anyways. Um, we will make sure to lock your door at night so you're safe. At this point, you are going to hear a knock on the door, and Nifron is going to let himself in. Oh, Nifron. Unexpected pleasure? No one expects Nifron. Oh, the comfy chat! <laughs> so, uh, Nifron's going to say to Alexander, how are you recovering? Uh, pretty good. Can't really lift water or anything crazy. But, uh, hey, I'm alive, you know. Yes, that's something. What of the dagger? Uh, still attached to me? I don't think the demon's quite, uh, quite back on my tail yet. I'm sure it's not done with you as you're still bound. Are you going to be a problem? Only for the ladies. No, I don't. He can't really influence me uh, quite yet, but uh, he likes to talk to me every now and again. Not a fan. I try to ignore him. If the tells are true, he will influence you, and all of us are at risk. We shall be watching you. Uh, don't worry, we're not going to kill you. Uh, we don't want to have to do that whole raising thing again. If he is a problem... And he will be, if the tells are true. I will put you down myself like a rabid dog. Can I at least be a dog that, like, you don't want to put down? I don't know what that means, Bod. Never mind. I have my eye on you. And then Nifron is going to turn and walk out of the room and close the door behind him. How safe he makes us all feel. So, Alunidas, what are you doing? I was thinking of wandering down to the docks. Okay. Uh, seeing if there were boats that would take us up the river. All right. So um, you wander down to the docks and uh, there's quite a few people out here this day. And you see two flat boats uh, currently docked and they are loading up goods. I wander over and... Uh ask them if they're heading up river toward Faith. Um, so you approach um, one of the boats and um, there's a probably about four people working this boat and um, there appears to be a human in his uh, middle years uh, with red hair uh, who's directing cargo onto the boat so you go up to him and uh, ask him and he says no going down river taking some goods coming across the mountain down to Ashmosh oh well sorry to bother you then. and so, I move on to the next boat and ask Ben okay so you go to the next boat and there is a dwarf um, that appears to be given orders here this is a much larger flat boat but still it doesn't seem like it would be large enough to handle your horses and the cart and the dwarf's gonna say 
Yeah, we'll be heading back upriver in a couple days, but we got to make a run down to Ashmosh first. Oh, oh well. I guess we'll be hoofing it. Yeah, because we have horses. Ah, uh, so yourself. I guess I'll wander back. To, I uh, guess I'll be wandering back to the inn. Okay. And that was I actually rolled for that to see who was going up river and going down. They were both going down river. <laughs> Whoops. So, uh, Lindosh, you walk back toward the inn, and uh, you're going to see uh, Luggermouse um, waiting for you outside. Uh, Luggermouse, how are you, brother? I am well. I would speak with you. Of course. May we go somewhere more private? Definitely. I have a room upstairs. Shall we? We shall. So you walk in the inn and go upstairs, and everybody at this point are in their rooms. You go to your room. You walk inside, and Luggermouse uh, closes the door behind you. And he's going to say, You look haggard, brother. What happened in the mansion? Uh, we fought some troublesome spirits, faced some enchanted objects. Nothing too horrific, but a little bit tiresome. Yes, you look tired. So how have you been? Well, it's different being out in the world instead of up in the monastery. The people are dishonest, as you'd expect. And very few people seem to want to free Ruin Axis. I mean, it's one thing to know that, it's another to actually encounter it. Yes, I know. Disappointing, I know. Not all those believe as we do. I miss our time in the monastery, training and sparring and learning. I also miss it you, was brother. Simpler. Now you. You remember the time we put itching tincture in the healing ointment we used in training? Oh, the fathers danced and danced. <laughs> yes, and, <laughs> and the beating was well worth it. Or the time we stole L from the brewers on my birthday. <laughs> that was a rough sparring session that morning. You fell down quite a lot. <laughs> I did. So, what have you been doing these months since we were sent out into the world? I'm sure it's much more exciting than my part in this. I suffered no small dishonor since Master Vera sent me to this insignificant corner of the world. Until recently, this yeah. little soul's been doing nothing. They think rumors and talk is serving the Talons. Until that wizard corrupted the paladin, we were doing nothing. I grow so bored. We all have our part to play, and things would have been quite a bit more difficult if you hadn't been here to greet us and to vouch for us. Obviously, Ruin Axis has wheels in motion at all times. Yes, I'm sure it was no serendipity, but Ruin Axis's will. Indeed, but now that we've done our work here and we'll be moving on perhaps you can as well I'm afraid I'm stuck here for the moment and I'm also concerned about our monastery now that the hunt for the red talons is in full force you know how isolated and secretive we are now it's largely unguarded and now except for the pupils and the master do you think the hunt would reach out into the woods that far I honestly don't know brother Perhaps I should check on them when I head up to Feydale. Take a trip out to the 
Yes, you said you were headed to Fadel when you got here. I traveled through there on my way to this shitty little town. Do you know it's in unrest? Fadel, you mean? That in the surrounding area, yes. What's happening? Well, for one, I was attacked by wood elves for seemingly no reason. And recently, rumors have come through here that they're on the edge of civil war between the High Elves and the Wood Elves. Something about control over the Vel. The High Elves have shut down access to it after some attacks on it by us, I assume. The Wood Elves are livid because they aren't able to send any warrior acolytes to the Fae for their ascension ritual. Hmm. Oh, chaos can always be used to serve everyone access. Might make it more difficult to find the boots, but at the very least, it'll make it harder for them to find us. Speaking of which, do you know where the boots are? Well, our first thought was to go for the tomb of the uh, so-called savior, search there. We haven't had any luck uh, trying to cast auguries to find Auguries, you say? We have a device that can answer simple questions, but it didn't help us. Hmm. I wish I could help you, but honestly, I have no idea. I would assume it would be somewhere in the capital. Perhaps in the Temple of Corellium? Of course, I don't have anything to back that up. Just speculation. Could just as well be in the palace, or an inn for all I know. But you know how elves and their veneration for rituals and objects of significant power are. But, good luck. Yes, we follow the power, follow the money. We'll eventually find the objects, I'm sure. Yes, but if it's in the city, I wish you luck, brother. High elves are xenophobic and prickly shits the best of times. Now I can't trust them at all. No, not at all. But now I would expect Veld, if not outright hostility to outsiders. Yes, that'll make it somewhat difficult, but at the very least, we're not wood elves, so they won't have too much cause to suspect. Yes, but unfortunately, you may have to get through the wood elves to get to the city. Like I said, I was attacked in the woods by them. Well, we'll have to see what we can turn to our advantage. I wish you luck. I wish I could come with you. Maybe you could turn this town into a hotbed of ruin access activity. Convert some of the younglings. I don't know. There's very few people in this town, and the ones of here hold to no gods as far as I know. Such a shitty border town. Really, all they care about is what little money they can get. Perhaps open up a branch of the monastery. Start your own school. I don't know if that's such a good idea to bring that sort of attention upon us right now, brother. Oh, in times of trouble, people are always wanting to find peace and tranquility and the teachings off, along with punching. (laughs) You're not wrong. Promise me this, though, brother. If you do get back to the monastery while you're up north, give my regards to Master Varus. Perhaps encourage him I, to release me of my duties here and place me where my talents are much better suited. I will pass your words along to him. I thank you. I will let you go now and rest. 
Thank you, brother. It was good speaking with you. And you as well. And um, Blogger Mouse is uh, going to leave the room. And I think that's probably a pretty good place to end it right there. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dungeons & Debacles podcast. If I could ask a halfling-sized favor, give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It's the best way to support us. New episodes come out every Monday, so make sure to check your podcast app. Do you have an idea to make the podcast better? Tell us about it on Twitter or Facebook. You can also check out our website to see all the maps, lore, and characters at DungeonsAndDebaclesPodcast.com. And now a word from our fantasy sponsor. Are annoying adventurers stealing your treasure and slaying ye hard-earned magical beasties? An expertly crafted dungeon may just be what ye need. Hell, I'm Brog Stoneshield Jr. of Stoneshield and Sons Dungeon Contractors. When me pal started this business, he had but one philosophy. Help people protect what they worked so hard to get. We have free in-tower consultations to design a lair just for ye needs. Our expert dwarf and stonesmiths will help you build a dungeon of your dreams, and we can work with any budget. Spike traps, we got them. Flame pillars, no problem. Bottomless pits, we're the best in the business. Do you already have a dungeon and want to upgrade? We can help make it even more secure. With a combined 600 years of experience, there's no dungeon too big or too small. We do them all. Just contact Stone Shield and Sons Dungeon Contractors for all your dungeon needs. The music you heard on this episode was Serpentine Trek, Holy Rites, Teller of the Tells, and Welcome to Horrorland by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. CreativeCommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0.